the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, June 1st, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not NOM, this is bowling, there are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the Steak for Breakfast podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Visit manrubs.com. Use the code STEAK15 at their checkout. Save 15% off anything in their store. Get ready for Father's Day by stocking up on all your rubs for ribs, brisket, meat. I think they got some fish rubs in there for mm. that kind of weird stuff. Um, also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear USA. Visit stayreadygear.com. Use the code STEAK at checkout. Save 5% off any of their goods in their store. T-shirts, hats, everyday carry stuff, the best holsters money can buy that can help conceal your firearm. They even have concealed magazine holsters, concealed handcuff holsters, basically anything that uh, you want to conceal that's a weapon, they got it. Um, Also, if you are in law enforcement, they have on-duty stuff, tourniquet holders, things like that for your battle belt or duty belt, whatever you want to call it. Um, so check them out again at stayreadygear.com and the code is steak at checkout and that'll save you 5% off anything in their store. Bone and Biggie. Kind of bringing it back to a little throwback. I like it. We have a mild posse going on here. A little bit less when you leave, a little bit more when Noah gets here. Um, probably a lot of guns in this video, right? Probably. Probably fake ones though. True. You know who has real guns though? Mike. Down at West Coast Survival Arms who's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He has a five star rating. He's a licensed FFL. And he will take care of all of those needs from handguns, ARs, shotguns, maybe even that Mossberg Swerve. Like it? I kind of like it. Mike's on Facebook and it's 619-870-6992-westcoastsurvivalarms.com as well. Tactical gear, flare, mediocre medic, and dumpbox.us, two of the most tactical gear, flare, need, met. Mm. Coronavirus flags, patch on the wall. Pins on my bag. I think I'm wearing my Man Duck Lorian shirt today. Nick's holding up a uh, Thin Blue Line Operator sticker of the Zero Fucks Duck, which is the home of at dumpbox.us. Mark Joe Friday hit him up and our friends over at mediocromedic.com. Some of the world's most technologically advanced recording in studio equipment can be found at Odyssey and odyssey.com. Wearing the headphones today. Love them. Um, and they can be found at odyssey.com. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Episode 42, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and I'm joined here today briefly by my handsome co-host, Nick. Hello. Noah's en route, and uh, we're going to make it work today. We're also joined by two lovely ladies who happen to be two different podcast hosts, and I'm going to uh, let you guys get to know them a little bit now. Um... Alice, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You guys have been kind of like my big brothers in this community and been very welcoming. So I'm Alice. I host the Unpopular Blonde podcast where I discuss all of the things that have made my circle smaller and, you know, lost me a few friends along the way. But you got to you got to put the truth out there no matter what happens. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, and Ashley, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience as well? And welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am the host of Into the River podcast. It's just a little over a month old. And I went into it because like Alice lost a lot of friends uh, this last year just by telling the truth. And I was craving deeper conversations. So I created a space where I could have those. So we talk a lot of politics, a lot of current events and some abstract stuff, but it's going really well. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, both of you guys are off to a really good start. And I feel like um, what makes both of your podcasts so easy to listen to is that you guys believe in some of, you know, the things that have driven you to done it or, you know, to produce these shows. And, and then when it comes out of your mouth uh, via the heart and the convictions that you have in regards to your content, it kind of makes it into an overall better show. I think that's... If one of the compliments I can give you to the many uh, for what you guys have done so far, it's definitely that. I, I feel like you guys have some very strong convictions in, in the things that you're saying. And that in turn kind of comes out in quality content, which both of you guys are producing right now. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So you guys are doing good. Where are you guys at? Generally speaking, you don't even have to say like city, maybe even like state or territory or whatever. Well, I am in Kami, Canada okay. and in Ontario specifically. So we are very locked down, Oof. fighting tyranny over here. So trying to wake some people up. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can stand up against what's going on here because it's bad. Yeah, it, it has been pretty bad. I think besides like, uh, you know, Australia and the UK right now, you guys are, are pretty hurting in that top three of most gulagged areas of the world. Yeah, Toronto specifically has, I read today, had the longest lockdown in the entire world. So that's fun. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty funny mm -hmm. as the narrative crumbles here in the United States. Other places worldwide where you guys might not have as much access, other than like social media and stuff for, you know, content regarding that, people may not know or just not care. They just listen to whatever the government says. Exactly. And as I was saying before we jumped on here, um, they just passed a, a motion in Ontario for our premier, who is like our governor, his powers to be extended until the end of December. So he does not have to go through the parliamentary process. He doesn't have to put it up for a vote. If he wants to extend the emergency orders, he just gets to do it now. So I think there needs to be some more freedom marches over there in the Toronto area. Yeah, and more than just the Toronto area <laughs> yeah, needs to I be know. everywhere. Right. Yeah. And, and then Ashley, Agreed. where are you at? I am in Central California. Okay. And yeah, obviously it's one of the worst states in the country right now. I remember kind of waking up a year ago and 
being like, oh, there's a recall for Gavin. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. And I couldn't find anyone in my area. So I literally made signs and like went and stood in parks by myself, literally getting laughed at by passersby. And this was like the beginning of the lockdown, like collecting. I got some signatures, but I got a lot of like dirty looks. And then a couple of months later, when everyone kind of saw Newsom for as he was, we saw you people were looking for the petitions wherever they could find them. Everyone was on board. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do my part here in the state. I know a lot of people have left and I really feel strongly like I want to stay and fight for California. Mm-hmm. But that's just where I'm at. Yeah, like like Noah, Nick and myself, we're kind of stuck here. We're down in Southern California in San Diego. Um, Mm. I would have said up through January, we were pretty not as hardcore with the, uh, COVID lockdowns and stuff because we had a pretty, you know, like Republican mayor here in San Diego. His name is Kevin Falconer. He's currently running. He threw his name in the hat for the governor coming up, but you know, business is closed and this, that, and the other thing. But for the most part, I don't really think San Diego was as hardcore as some of the other uh, places throughout the state where, you know, like in LA, they're like putting K rails and barbed wire in front of restaurants and stuff. Like my family yeah. was able to find restaurants that were open down here throughout the entire lockdowns, indoor dining who just didn't care. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And, and those were the places that we went and frequented because if they're going to, you know, mask to go in and then please mask if you're going to the bathroom and the servers would have masks on, but open. For inside dining, and they would give you the option inside or outside. And if you wanted to be normal, you went inside. But I just think, like, in some places in California, um, you know, it's just absolutely awful. So, you know, hopefully this stuff... I actually told some guy today, I I went into the store right before I came here to pick something up, and the clerk, uh, I went to show him a picture on my phone of something we needed for the show, and he immediately, like pivoted and took a huge step backwards and I, look, and I looked at him and he was like a big healthy looking kid and i'm just sitting there and i'm like staring at him holding my phone and i was like bro what are you gonna do you got like 14 days left to enjoy this and then it's over and he didn't even answer yeah. me and, and then he went to the back and when they called him to help me he made me wait like 10 minutes so that's what i kind of get for running my mouth but at the same time that whole no it's a legit it's a legitimate fear. Yeah, that Stockholm syndrome is real, and it's it, it's out there. And, uh, you know, I, I drove past somebody yesterday um, going to drop something off at my in-law's house. And when I did, I turned the corner, and there was a guy sitting in a little hatchback, window down, arm out the window, head almost out the window, mask on. We made eye contact, and I just <laughs> shook my head at him. And as I passed him, I looked, in, I looked in my side view mirror and he flipped me off. I didn't even say anything to him, but he knew that I was shaking my head because... Wait, what? Yeah, he, he was sitting in his car at a wow. stop sign with his mask on. And when I, when I made a, a right turn to go down the side street, we locked eyes and I just shook my head at him. I could have been on the phone in my car and, and you know, in the middle of a conversation and just reacting to that. But I looked in my side view mirror as I passed him to go down the street and he was literally flipping me off. And I was just like... Really? Like, you're that bothered by me shaking my head? Maybe shaking my head at you for wearing a mask in your car with the window down and your head out the window? Like, it makes no sense. That just tells you he knows he looks like an idiot. (laughs) The virtue signaling is real. I take pictures of them. Like, if I'm going through a drive-thru and someone behind me, I'm, like, taking photos, like, a weirdo to post to Instagram later. (laughs) 
I'm like, I feel like I'm at the zoo. I'm like, oh my God, I saw this rare creature in their car who's afraid of the air. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. It's just become so absolutely ridiculous. And and the best part about it is is that people are always finding um, the ones who tell us to do it walking around airports or going to and from their businesses or their places of employment, maskless among the masses of the mast. And it's like they literally act like they are the masters of all of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think the funniest part for me is when people say, oh, well, I wear my mask to be respectful. I'm like, it's not disrespectful for me to breathe air. I don't know when that became a thing, but. Right. And there still may be places in this world or at least in California after June 15th, where it may be appropriate to wear a mask. If you go into like a hospital where there's a whole bunch of sick people during flu season, like you might want to wear one if you're like at risk, if you want to, or if you went into an old folks home and you're coming from a place where maybe you encounter a whole bunch of other people and you know that their immune systems aren't going to be as strong as yours are. And you want to be respectful in that aspect. But I can't imagine too many other places where wearing the paper surgical mask that does nothing except hurt you after you wear it longer than you're supposed to does exactly i think it's it's become a part of our culture right now like i i feel like people are going to wear masks for the rest of their lives at this point and i remember in the beginning one of my friends was like well i mean everyone in china already wears masks so it's not that big of a deal americans are just so spoiled and i was like here we go like it is i the I think it is kind of going to be a new normal for some people of like, this is just what you do. And that sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I think if we're aspiring to be like China, I feel like we have more issues. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's pretty funny. And before we get into the actual news, we can talk about it real quick. You guys have saw, and I don't want to talk about that. Like, what is it? Geo weather engineering stuff that's going on over there usually, and all the stuff they're testing on their own people because they don't give a shit about them. Oh yeah, but they've had like, and I don't know what the cat's like scale is for tornadoes, but they've had like you know cat five tornadoes going all over the Wuhan province for like the last three or four days, and the entire province is like flooded up to the roofs of houses. So they're so crazy. Like yeah, yeah, they're the harp. Yeah, they're literally scrubbing the crime scenes that we're going to eventually need to get into. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things I don't think we're ever going to find out exactly where unless we get the digital receipts here in the United States of what was funded and how it was. But when you're talking about. Did you see. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Did you see recently? I don't I haven't looked at the actual article, but the person who posted is pretty reputable. But something about China threatens nuclear war after the U.S. decides to inspect the Wuhan situation. Have you heard of that or looked into it? I saw the video on Twitter, but I couldn't find one with a interpreter. I just saw it with captions and, and a high ranking general for the CCP did make those comments on Friday. Okay. so when it was. Yeah. And that that comes like a couple weeks, I think. Mid-month, um, the Biden clone's supposed to sit down with Russia and some <laughs> delegates from the CCP. So we're going to kind of see what that's all about. Uh, but that's going to be for a later show. I, I just think it is concerning uh, how much of an empty yeah. suit he is. But the people are really starting to wake up. And, and there's been some late-breaking stuff over the last 24 hours that I hope to get into the show today regarding that. But... Um, I think we should start out with uh, getting through the weekend and, you know, we just got through Memorial Day. Um, Before we get into the actual news, you know, the show wants to take the stance that we support all of our 
military, both past, present, and current. Um, you know, and, and it's one of those things where uh, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, personally, if you're like someone who swabs the deck on an aircraft carrier or peels potatoes in the kitchen, or you you know, if you're an inf- infantryman doing dead checks on people. If you serve this country, you do it voluntarily, and you do it for the right reasons, and we support you know all of our military servicemen and women who have gone out, especially over the Memorial Day weekend where we celebrate and kind of mourn uh, the ultimate sacrifice that a lot of people did, just so we could do shows like this and have some of the basic freedoms, at least in the United States, that you know you don't necessarily have in other places. So yeah. I, I think all three of us can be in agreement on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me personally, I I'm Canadian, but I'm also American. Right. And my grandfather was in the Air Force. And so I have a familial connection. He he didn't die. Um, He was fortunate there. But I think the disrespect that we see towards the flag and the members of our military, it really it's disgusting to me. And it's ironic because the the flag that they're kneeling for and the service members that they're disrespecting, you're exactly right. They're the ones who gave us these freedoms and they gave you the freedom to say something that is goes against them and disrespects their sacrifice. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so um, going into the weekend and it got worse progressively for both Joe Biden with an A.N., and Camelia Harris, as this show is always referenced. And now apparently Judge Joe Brown does, and we'll get into that as well. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, where the weekend started off on Friday, some awful shit that they did happen. And now we're not talking war crimes. We're just talking some of the normal terrible stuff that they do. And it kind of spiraled straight through the weekend and, you know, didn't get any better for them um, as it went on. Joe Biden made some, uh, I don't even want to say off-color. They're just really disgusting comments regarding somebody at a military ceremony he was uh, speaking at on Friday. And I'm going to play that audio right now. I know you two ladies have probably heard it, but just for the rest of our listening audience, if they haven't, because there's just been so many memes over the weekend. Sometimes you just get lost in the, you know, from the real news. Here we go. Let's see what he had to say. I'm honored to be joined today by Governor Northam and by two great representatives of the Commonwealth, Congressman Laurie and Congressman Scott. And I want to thank thank you for all that you do to represent these service veterans because they're devoted to you. It's the family members, the caregivers, survivors, or call Virginia home. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with a little lady in a race car. So cringe. Brittany, you're doing triple duty as a veteran, a military spouse, and a teacher. Yeah, so that just happened. And <laughs> I'll show you what the next slide is on that post. It's literally the cringe-faced Pepe <laughs> reacting to what he just said. And, you know, it's me surprised. Yeah. Like how, what do you think in the back, in the control room, in his earpiece, <laughs> his handlers are saying when he, you know, 
oh, perfect. He's reading. He's not even fucking up. There's no stutters. And the next thing you know, he's like, let me tell you something. That nine-year-old ass of yours with those legs oh. crossed and stuff look delicious. And I'm just like. I mean. I thought oh, it was. What else fi- do we expect from hairy legs? Uh, yeah, you know. I, I know. The <laughs> corn pop was a bad dude, but it's just like, oh, good God. Like, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculously embarrassing at this point but oh my god well and he's telling her he loves the barrettes in her hair and then like even that part alone was kind of creepy just the way that he said it yeah and then he's like oh sitting there with your your legs crossed looking like a 19 year old girl and it's oh i someone on instagram said it best when they said if a nine-year-old or however she old she is looks like a 19 year old to you you might be a pedophile yes and I think yeah, or if you make that connection whatsoever, it reminds me of like some of the stuff Chrissy Teigen says. And do you remember when Biden like first got the presidential Twitter account? He was following like a handful of people, and Chrissy Teigen was one. Of course, it was. And then they removed it. He removed it later. I think people were like, "Oh, what the hell?" But yeah, it reminds me of something she'd say. Well, I wouldn't have been surprised if she was one of the participants in the now well-known Barack Obama fifty thousand dollar hot dog party at the White House back in. The oh good God. Old days, right. So, you know, it's one of those things where they all kind of stick together and they're all equally disgusting. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they were huge endorsers of of Kamala and Biden and just the the tweets, if you go back, are so disgusting. The ones about children for sure are horrific. But then obviously she's been in hot water. The left has been eating its own, which is I don't endorse cancel culture, mm-hmm. but to watch them eat their own is a little satisfying. Um, but for, <laughs> for her tweets about like telling 16 year old girls to kill themselves and stuff, it's they're, they're just horrible people. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, the combined effort of the uh, amount of CEOs and high positions of power who have either been eliminated or stepped down over the last year, I think most yeah. recently and notably is Bill Gates. And then it's leaked that, you know, his wife had some concerns about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein all the way back to maybe like 2018. And that was some of the fuel that led to the fire of their eventual divorce. Other than that, that he was being extremely pervy with some of his young interns over at Microsoft and in the research uh, charities that he has that kind of led to that eventual demise. But, you know, he's not the only one. And the stories all seem to be the same. You know, there's always some kind of creepy relationship or off-candid behavior that kind of leads to this stuff. And it just so happens that you're not really seeing too many of the big power players on the right necessarily or conservatives and libertarian base that are that are kind of reaping these same consequences right now. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's hard because I I'm not for cancel culture either, but it's one of those things where it's like I feel like they made the rules and we're just living in this backwards world where all the rules apply to anyone who basically doesn't politically agree. And it is a little satisfying to see them get kicked in the ass. Can I say ass? <laughs> oh, you can say whatever you want on the show. There are n- okay, nothing you can't say, I, literally. I cuss a lot. So. Side note, I literally was thinking the other day for my podcast, I should have called it You Can Say Fuck because I swear everyone asks on the show, like, can I say fuck? I'm like, <laughs> I should have just named it. So anyone who wants that podcast name, you're welcome. It's like, but yeah, I just, it's entertaining, I guess, to see them get bit in the ass by their own uh, ridiculous 
ideologies of just get rid of anyone you disagree with. And yeah, I don't support it, but it's kind of, we didn't come up with it either. Yeah. So as that, if wasn't, as if that wasn't the worst part of how bad the weekend would get for the current occupying administration, um, they followed that up shortly thereafter with tandem tweets, both Camellia and Biden with an A-N. <laughs> Biden staying, stating, stay cool this weekend, folks. It's kind of hip, right, for the kids. Kind of fly. He, yeah, he, he's at an ice cream parlor, <laughs> and he's eating the uh, Chalky Chalky Chip, um, which made the uh, media just melt, ice cream pun intended, um, when he announced <laughs> the flavor. And, and that's kind of it. Um, that, that was his kind of Memorial Day tweet, and that was followed up shortly after by Camelia Harris, who, who tweeted, uh, enjoy the long weekend, and it was a selfie of her cackling. Literally. Hyena cackle face. Yeah, it, it was quickly replaced with a, uh, someone photoshopped perfectly one of the hyenas from the new Lion King movie onto her face, and it was glorious. I saw that. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty uh, ridiculous. Go ahead, Alice. I was just going to say, I think they're, again, their level of disrespect and just complete disregard for the lives of Americans, right, is is stunning and unforgivable in my eyes. Yeah, you know how these neolibs are. They, they would be so inclined to use the military and send them off to war to die for things like oil and, you know, occupying places we shouldn't be occupying. But at the same time, they won't even acknowledge them going into the weekend where we remember fallen servicemen and women who have paid the ultimate price, um, you know, operating in and fighting in these wars that, that these assholes have been, you know, sending them off to die in since world war two. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they resent the shit out of them, honestly, because they have always been deemed as their puppets. Joe Biden, remember the time he, insulted a group by telling them to laugh stupid bastards or whatever like the way you never speak to our service members that way and i think that they also know the actual vote joe biden so he understands that the military does not support him so i think that resentment leaks out you know yeah it's also one of those things too that laugh you stupid bastards was during the obama administration but even more recently he did a uh, speech for the coast guard at one of their commencements, and he was at it was a graduating class, and I don't know if you ladies know, but the, you know, to be in the Coast Guard in their academy, it's like to get to actually be in the Coast Guard and and out there on your own, it's like a three year process with all the air and sea and land things you have to go through. You know, it, it's 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 one of the most complex branches of the military to be in. And he went through an entire speech where he kind of plagiarized Ronald Reagan and got to the end of it and plagiarized his best talking point and when you see him side by side when reagan says it he gets a standing ovation and then when biden says it, it, it it's crickets and he just kind of like looks around and he's like you guys are a bunch of boring bastards you know usually you clap mm. at that stuff and and then you just hear the groans because it's just like no they don't clap at that stuff and anyone who's studied any kind of history and i'm, I'm assuming some of the people once they get into the military they're probably going to do it a little bit uh, would know, and anyone who's you know probably a conservative would 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 know some of Ronald Reagan's best lines, and 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 that's always been tagged as one that they go back and and show because he references like the complete body of work of the Coast Guard and how long and the appreciation for it. And when you see the two speeches side by side, they just aren't hit on the same note. 
you know, Ronald Reagan was. Well, there's no meaning behind it. it was right. Just, it's just plagiarized. And there's no heart. Yeah. And Ronald Reagan was an actor. You know, if he wanted to get a reaction out of an audience at the end of the day, he could probably do it. Um, although I think, I think what's going on with Joe Biden right now is a lot of acting. He's just really bad at it. And I think, if, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you go back over the complete body of work for him, there's a lot of well, not a lot of there's a, there's an overwhelming amount of racist um, undertones and all the things and actually overtones, too, because sometimes he just says it. Uh, but it must be so hard for him to bite his tongue. And um, I saw today even he couldn't help himself from being just racist um, when trying to compare things that are normal for what he thinks are white people and, uh, you know, things that are, are well, he doesn't think are normal for minorities. Listen to this. Young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. But they don't have lawyers. They don't have they, they, they don't have accountants. But they have great ideas. Does anyone doubt this whole nation would be better off from the investments those people make? And I promise you, that's why I set up the National Small Business Administration that's much broader. Is they're going to get those loans. The data shows. And, and the thing is, he starts talking over himself and stuttering when he knows he fucked up and says something racist, which he does all the time. And I, I bet you a lot of those times, too, when he just starts losing it like he did towards the end of that speech, who's ever in his earpiece is like literally like, what the fuck did you just say and why did you say that? <laughs> they're people. Like, I don't know. It, it might just be me, but I just can't see it in a way like he does like where i literally oh, have to transparent yeah for shock value only and to only grab those headlines and to virtue signal say like fill in the demographic of anything other than white don't have it as good as whites because of fill in the blank for everything that supposedly white people have but it's not the truth so getting back to uh you know some of the things that happened over memorial day weekend they're not funny by the way Oh, I feel so much better that you're here. Noah's joined us. Yeah, sorry I'm late. Um, you know, uh, Biden with an AN gave a speech and turned memorializing our troops who have paid the ultimate sacrifice into... Chocolate, chocolate chip? Close. Racism. Oh. Let, let, let's hear some of the disadvantages that minorities have in the United States <clears throat> interwoven into a Memorial Day speech. Hit me with it. We remind ourselves of our duty to their memory, to the future they fought for. We owe the honored dead a debt we can never fully repay. We owe them our whole souls. We owe them our full best efforts to perfect the union for which they died. We owe them the work of our hands and our hearts to make real the promise of a nation founded on the proposition that all of us all of us, all of us, who of us are created equal and deserve to be treated that way throughout our lives. Democracy is more than a form of government. Mockery. It's a way of being. It's a way of seeing the world. Democracy means the rule of the people. The rule of the people. people. Not the rule of monarchs. Not the rule of the moneyed. Not the rule of the mighty. Moneyed? Is that a real word? Literally, the rule of the people. They'd make fun of Trump for saying that. 
The lives of billions from antiquity to our own hour have been shaped by the battle between aspirations of the many and the greed of the few, between people's right to self-determination and the self-seeking of the dictator, between dreams of democracy and appetites for autocracy, which we're seeing around the world. Our troops have fought this battle on fields around the world, but also the battle of our time. And the mission falls to each of us, each and every day. Democracy itself is in peril, here at home and around the world. What we do now, what we do now, how we honor the memory of the fallen will determine whether or not democracy will long endure. We all take it for granted. We think we learn in school. You have to, every generation has to fight for it. But look, it's the biggest question. Whether a system <laughs> surprises the individual that bends towards liberty, that gives everybody a chance of prosperity, whether that system can and will prevail against powerful forces that wish it harm. All that we do in our common life as a nation is part of that struggle, the struggle for democracy. It's taking place around the world, democracy and autocracy. A struggle for decency and dignity. Just simple decency. A struggle for posterity, prosperity and progress. And yes, a struggle for the soul of America. Oh, God. Worst Braveheart speech ever. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. And I, and I think that, you know... I'm so inspired. Right, some, some of <laughs> those... Like, he tried to do the loud, like, like, you can take our lives! And it just started... It just ended with him seeing how many different words that can rhyme and why. I was waiting for him to start rhyming. I thought he was going to do it for a second. And he also read off the <laughs> teleprompter like I sometimes read off our show notes. Phonetically? Exactly. Um, was, I think that was somebody, amazing... I think somebody uh, knew they had to write into their speech about the, oh, we the people, it's the the civilians and the citizens after that whole thing he said in his other speech of, oh, it's time we remember, we the people are the government. <laughs> somebody yep. got fired for that, so yeah. they had to make up for it. Exactly. Yeah. I literally just wrote that down, by the way. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, he just told us we the people was the government, so... <laughs> <laughs> Coming from one of the biggest proprietors of big government in the history of the world. It's, yeah, any anytime he opens his mouth, I just have like secondhand embarrassment for him. I think a lot of people feel that way. When you're talking about decency, uh, maybe, you know, maybe don't hit on little girls as much. Stop it. They're fine. They're fair game, according to him. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Chalky, chalky chip. Listen here, Jack. <laughs> so... Uh, there was an event this weekend, and let's get into some Stop the Steal, because I think that's our favorite part of the show. Glad I made it. Right? I, I kind of kept Memorial Day at the top end as long as possible. Oh, for the record, thank you for your service. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. For thanking me oh, yeah. For thank you for your service. Yes, thank you. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe Biden's not going to thank you, I'll tell you that much. He bought me so, an ice cream and, cone, maybe. And, and, hey, stay cool this weekend, Noah, oh, and enjoy the long weekend. Dirty bitch. <laughs> 
But getting into Stop the Steal, uh, we got some news out of Arizona and Maricopa County where they have moved into um, north of 50% ballots audited. So we are making That's, a lot of progress there. That's pretty good. 50-ish. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the team announced uh, that they worked through the holiday weekend and they've eclipsed a million. Do they get overtime for that? I don't know. But guess what? Someone reached out to us over the weekend. Who? Can't tell you. Oh, okay. Well, what'd they say? <gasps> she'd, she'd like to That's be no- not right. No, she, she'd like to be known as only Jay. Okay. However, she was there working the audit. Uh-huh. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. In what I would call possibly a, what, stay exclusive? We haven't used that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she reached out to us over the weekend and, and wanted to let us know about some of the information that was going on on the floor. Mm. So she talked about how uh, everything Mike Lindell is saying is uh, true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. According yeah. to. So that's something that she did verify. Okay. And, you know, she talked about how there is an extensive background check that goes into being able to get into the uh, arena where they're doing the ballot auditing. You don't so, just have to have a Biden-Harris face mask? No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not like you go up and say, I'm a patriot, I want to get in there. Yeah. Uh, you got to show them a tattoo. They also have a non-disclosure. So in no way, shape, or form is she violating this by mm-hmm. saying everything Mike Lindell is true because Mike Lindell's already said it publicly. Yeah. She's just agreeing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said the work there is extremely rigorous. Mm-hmm. And they're finding out a lot of good things. Did she? Oh, my God. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I would like to thank her, um, Ms. J. Not her thank real you, name. Jay. Yeah. Is for, she allowed to tell us if there's actually watermarks? No. Wink. So. <laughs> but, yeah, that's going down. So in conjunction with Arizona plowing through Memorial Day weekend uh, uh, on their, you know, effort to save the Republic, we did have a big biker event um, where some of our power players and... Speaking of plowing. Right? Show favorites um, came out and, and, you know, had some fun this weekend. We did have a... uh, It was kind of a star-studded event, and one of our show favorites, General Flynn... He was there, kind of, kind of hyping up all the stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, talking about stop the steal, which is our favorite. So let's hear what he had to say. And our Constitution, and I, I, uh, I will tell you that because I'll say some things at the end here about some of the people that we've seen mm. walk the stage here today. But uh, I think the big message, the big message is, this is a different time. This is an unprecedented time. I mean, you heard you heard uh, Sydney in her conversation with Doug Billings, who, you know, talking about the what ifs, what if this, what if that. We are not in normal times, okay. And for the for those in the media, and I, I will call you out because I know exactly what media places you are from. Mm, under a bridge, that really that doesn't bother me. But this is not a conspiracy theory, okay. This is not a conspiracy theory. 
I, I am not, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I, I base my life on facts and judgment and what I believe is right for this country, for this country, period. That's it. I don't care about, I mean, my, I stand up here and I notice there's a, I know there's a couple of young kids in here today. And I normally like to bring up some of these young people on the stage because all the people that I'm looking at that I can see through these lights here, are most, of pe most people are middle-aged, my age, right? And I'll tell you what, that's not why we're here. I'm beyond the nonsense stage of my life. We are here because of these children. I have grandchildren. I wish I was beyond the nonsense stage of my life. I'm getting there. <laughs> Do nonsense for a living. And I can tell you that, that Sidney Powell is no conspiracy theorist. Who? Sidney Powell! She, she Sydney is Powell. beyond passionate. She is so <laughs> determined for this country and to make sure that what is right comes out. And one thing that, that the two of us know and the, and the people of my family know is that the truth will come out. The truth will come out. And, and they are so afraid of the truth. They are so afraid of the truth coming out. Why only a couple of weeks ago in the one question about Maricopa County, why, I think it was three weeks ago, we saw a hundred lawyers, a hundred lawyers show up to block and tackle and to fight against the truth being exposed in one county, in one state, in our country. That's, that's, not, that's beyond outrageous. It's despicable. It's actually, it's anti-American. It's anti-American. If, if their guy, if their guy and I'll... And, and he'll continue down that road right there, mm -hmm. you know, saying that if their guy is so confident in the outcome of the election, then what's the worry for... You know, why sending yeah. 100 lawyers down to Maricopa County to the, you know, Secretary of State over there and trying to block the audit that's going on right now and discrediting it when it's not the fact of the matter? It's that it's completely legal and legitimate. Well, it's been that whole thing the whole time, right? Like, if, if nothing happened, why are you trying to stop it as yeah, much if, as you are, if right? If nothing happened, then they'll find nothing. Exactly. Yeah, Gen General Flynn continued to make um, some noise throughout the weekend. I do understand, however, Go them ahead. being worried that shit's going to be altered or messed with. But at the same time, everything is being recorded and documented to the extent where that would literally be impossible. Yeah. So. And that's a true story. Absolutely. I mean he did go on, uh, you know, throughout the weekend and kind of talked about some other things uh, that kind of worried uh, our friends over at CNN. No, you may not, not my have, friends. You may not have heard about this yet, but General Flynn actually said if at the end of the auditing process and throughout the states that are going to do it, um, referencing Mike Lindell last week and something that's kind of getting and bleeding into the mainstream narrative this week is that he's now reaching out to states that Donald Trump won comfortably. Let's just say, Ooh. yeah, a fifty <laughs> a, a fifty six forty one. Donald Trump win, right, in that state. And he's like, hey, you know, looks good on paper, but let's just see if they, you know, Dominion shaved a couple points for the other guy. Maybe it was, you know, 60 to 40, or maybe it was 70 to 30. Well, that would add to the credibility of the viewable numbers that way. And take the focus off the five states where the legitimate audits need Quote, to unquote, credibility. Right, and that goes right up there. I feel that they were probably less safe, too, because they didn't expect us to go to those places. So they probably weren't as tight. 
And I think that's an excellent idea. I know that the mainstream media is feeling it right now because earlier today on CNN, we had some partial meltdowning that we usually besides the normal meltdowning that we've had the last couple days yeah this is this is no longer like they're trying to do audits in states that joe biden won this is like now they're literally trying to reinstate let me guess they're making fun of us for looking at states that we won yeah want to hear it so predictable people are scared i don't want to hear it but let's hear it get it Puppet president. Uh, the military is in charge. It's going to be like Myanmar. What's happening in Myanmar? The military is doing their own investigation, and at the right time, they're going to be restoring the republic with Trump as president. What's going in on different in Myanmar right now? The what? government took over, and they're redoing the election. Correct? So that could possibly happen here. Possibly. Would you like to see it happen? Absolutely. I would like to see it. Really? Happen. Yes. You know why? Because the election was stolen from us. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Uh, for months now in the QAnon conspiracy Cooper theory world that both uh, Powell and Flynn uh, live in. And, you know, Flynn. we spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time reading a lot of these pro-Trump forums, these QAnon forums online and speaking to Trump supporters. And I will say of, of all the conspiracy theories we hear and, and all the different ideas, this talk from Americans about a coup cheering on a coup and hoping for a coup in the United States is, is one of the most chilling um, things that I hear on the road. Yeah. Anderson? Donnie Sullivan, I appreciate it. Uh, for months now. I knew that guy was wearing a green top hat. Anderson Cooper, don't even follow it, appreciate it. So, yeah, that, that's where, that's on CNN today. So, and that, that was one of Anderson Cooper's lead-ins that a military-style coup suggested by Michael Flynn over the weekend, hmm? like the one in, in Myanmar is what needs to take place after the election fraud is identified and verified. Prove it. Um, and but we're at the level where it's not going to matter at all whether or not you could literally show them like, hey, see this guy here with his with a bag of votes? Like, this is him putting the votes in. They won't even believe it if they see like 100% evidence. We've already seen it. But the fact of the I matter is, is that two of our favorites, Michael Flynn and... Mm-hmm. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Release the Kraken. <laughs> yes. Well, what, have, have, what happened to the Kraken? They've bled back into the mainstream narrative. So even if they're calling them crackpot conspiracy theorists. Kraken pots? Maybe that's it. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> She's back and better than ever. So Michael Flynn kind of led into it. But we actually have the audio, and they were hypothesizing with her what some of the steps moving forward would be at the end of all of these audits. So she sat down, no cheetah print, but biker vest. Oh, yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, girl. (laughs) And you want to know what's funny? I mean, that is kind of an animal print. This was at the For God and Country biker rally this weekend. And mm-hmm. the cowboy hat that was on the backdrop or on the stage where they all sat was white. Hint, yeah. Hint. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Right? Who's ever seen white one? White Hat Summer. Yeah, exactly. White Hat Summer. I like that one. <laughs> Got to have the pit vipers with white the cowboy hat, hat, though. Yeah. So Sydney was in full effect. And I am dying to hear what she says. You ready for some? Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. <laughs> There we go. There it is. <laughs> Let's hear it. 
definitely in uncharted territory. There are cases where elections have been overturned, but there's never been one at the presidential level, which everybody will jump to point out. That doesn't mean that it can't be done, though. There's always a first case, and as far as I know, this is the first case of abject fraud and obtaining a coup of the United States of America. So it's going to have to be dealt with. It should be that he can simply be reinstated, that a new inauguration date is set. And Biden is told to move out of the White House. And, and, and President Trump should be moved back in. I, I'm sure there's not going to be credit for time lost, unfortunately, because the Constitution itself sets the date for inauguration. But he should definitely get the remainder of his term and, and make the best of it. That's- so, that's just her speculating. Yeah. Can't hate on it. First of all, I'm just going to put it out there for you. I'll even vote. Yay or nay? Sydney Powell. What? Yay or nay? Yay. Yay. Ladies? Yay. Wow. Okay, I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm coming from like my my optimistic hat. I'm wearing my optimistic hat. You guys, uh, you really inspire me a little bit to not let the the current state kind of get in my head because it is it can be a bit dark oh it'll like, wear you down I've, I, I talked about it on the show last week like for me personally some of the things that go into setting up this program every week and 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 getting the structure of it together is deep diving into the black pill and the you know anti-truth or movement to kind of find the things that are still going on out there that the you know mainstream media doesn't report on i just show up and make sarcastic comments i like it you're also really you're also really good with the soundboard and like the mic stuff, so we keep you around. Yeah, but but you know, it, like last week, I was really going through well, trying to find audio clips and trying to you know get some topics that were 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 positive and kind of you know filling up the narrative that we we feel like everybody needs to at least be able to go out and do research on their own about. It kind of had me down. I was like a six out of ten. I, I was kind of yeah. feeling down. Yeah. You really got to wade through it to get to find out what the truth is. That's part of the you know, movement, it's part of the responsibility that goes along with like, even having a podcast, you can't just go out and say only how you feel with no facts all the time, right. because exactly. at, that, at that point, you just look for people that want, you know, Who are you that, an Instagram influencer. Yeah, there you go. Not really. <laughs> hey, hey, we did have our first. Th- well, th- and I will say posts. that. Go ahead. I will say that I had someone on. Um, yesterday we recorded. So that episode will drop in the next couple of days, but she used to work for Trump uh, from 2000 to 2005. And so she explains how she got to know him and his character, knowing him on a more personal level than just we do watching him in the media. And it, it gave me a lot of hope. So when that comes out, take a listen. And I think for anyone that's feeling a little down, it might renew your hope that he is a white hat and he is on our side fighting for America. Yeah, I, I really think that um, a lot of people that, that tend to have personal relationship with him will say the same thing. The only time you hear really negative rhetoric about Donald Trump, they're outside of the position to ever really know him on a personal basis. Ashley, what were you going to say? 
No, I'm really excited to listen to that episode. And I think we all do go through this insane roller coaster. I feel like for me, it's gotten easier over time just because I'm getting stronger um, with dealing with disappointment and being screwed over by everyone all the time. Right. So for me, it feels like I'm, I'm developing like this Hulk skin and I'm grateful for that on a personal level. And I don't think it's, I think the best is yet to come. And one thing that I always come back to is Donald Trump has told us everything that was going to happen all along. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love Q. I love to look into that stuff. But at the end of the day, like if you just look at Donald Trump, he has described everything before it happened and the man has kept his promises. And we would have to jump to this idea that there's going to be a complete character change. And every time the man talks, like even recently, it's full of wisdom, optimism, hope, and I trust him. He's earned that for me. So he's really, I don't know. Re-energizing himself lately. Um, What wasn't re-energizing over the weekend and directly against the narrative of some of the audio clips we play, former Trump proxy lawyer, um, Rudy Giuliani companion, and now apparent shill, Jenna Ellis, was drinking all weekend and got on Facebook and let people get in her comments and was replying back. So I've got a couple what? of her spicy posts. Yeah, it was it was kind of a surprise to me. And we got to remember, let's just look at the history of Jenna Ellis. She was a top campaign staffer for Ted Cruz until he got absolutely <laughs> obliviated after those comments about his wife, who looks exactly like him with a wig on, <laughs> by Donald Trump <laughs> in the 2016 primaries. Oh, water seeks its own level. Right, and then picked up the, uh, I want to say, proverbial sword for the Stop the Steal campaign back in the beginning. But you have to think, someone who's been kind of part of that, you know, uh, corporate DC movement for the entirety of her career, and she's not even that old, where her loyalties really lie. So I was able to argue with her a bit on Facebook yesterday and then (laughs) find some of her, you know, top posts, which I thought would, would be, you know, relevant to things that... We've already listened to audioly. Did we get Nick in there to body bagger? Oh, man. I should have tagged him because he probably would have got in. Well, no. And then he would have got himself in trouble. Yeah. My account's already restricted. My Facebook I never use, right? Yeah. My Facebook has pictures of my kids, sometimes my wife and myself, my pets, and then it's memories over the last, like, 15 years that I've had the That'd account. That'd be a bummer if it got deleted. Yeah. I got yeah. restricted from- I archived mine. Facebook Live and from- posting like uh ads for 60 days <laughs> it was for a meme i posted like last year during the summer riots convenient so it was like two guys up against a cop car and it was a real picture that was on the news there was like a guy bending over a cop car and another guy eating his butt oh yeah and and, and it this was on the news yes and and it said it was like on CNN when they were like going through the whatevers and, you know, I, w- I was in there and I, w- I was trying to see what happened and uh, or why it was restricted. And, and it said basically <laughs> pornography. No, it was just like, I don't know, inappropriate pictures or whatever. And it just said, right, I can't go live and I can't advertise for 60 days. And then I go and look at the meme and it's like, you know, but the guy I wrote like a caption like, you know, CNN reporting that it's mostly peaceful <laughs> protest, and then the guy eating it was like all of the boomers watching CNN. Yeah, and and, and that was me. <laughs> but I haven't even I haven't posted on Facebook in like a year. So well, they, they had to go back and look and find something to 
restrict you from talking shit. Right. But getting back to Jenna L, because they know what's coming. Yeah, they can go back forever if they want. So, because it's going to be Trump memes forever across all social media platforms when this shit fucking goes down. Got him. <laughs> but the first one she wrote, um, this was on Sunday, and this is from Jenna Ellis's Facebook. Joe Biden is the sitting president because the Electoral College voted. The state legislators refused to decertify the state's of delegates prior to the electoral college process. This is our constitutional process. The Republican state legislators are fully to blame that the corruption was not uh, remedied, which is what Rudy Giuliani and I advocated for. It sucks. But it is the truth. There is no viable constitutional pathway to a, quoting now, reinstatement of someone outside of the presidential line of succession. And that had about 1,500 comments under it including some of mine, which were derogatory. (laughs) And then on Sunday night, so many people were hitting her up, she went back and did another post. And this was in direct response to Sidney Powell's commentary that we just heard via the audio. No, President Trump is not going to be, quoting again, reinstated. The election was lawless. Six states allowed their delegate to vote by false certifications, but the EC process happened. I believe that's Electoral College. Yeah. The Constitution has only one process for the removal of a sitting president, and that's impeachment and conviction. Even if that happened to Biden and Harris, there would be a constitutionally pre-described presidential succession, which would be Speaker of the House is next in line. Gross. The states had their opportunity to cure the corruption before January 20th, and they refused. This is what Rudy Giuliani and I were fighting for. It is what it is. Again, I'm looking at the comments. You can see it for verification. My reaction is angry. And there's 10.7K comments on there, including some of mine, which weren't. How many people were high-fiving her? Not that many? Here's the thing. I want to know what lobbying corporation or conservative think tank she's now working for, for her to be out there saying stuff like this. Because all the way up through Friday, Rudy appeared on one of the Newsmax talk shows and talked about all of the stuff he's gone through, like he's the fifth lawyer of the Trump campaign to get raided by the FBI, the corruption and stuff that went on to the election process, and we need to go through these audits and see what happens. Mm. So now there's a split between both of them. Let's wait till the IRS gets him. Yeah, but she continuously references herself as Rudy and I, or you know myself and Rudy were fighting for blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what her angle is other than she's probably getting money from someone who wants her to be that narrative spokesperson uh, for now because she, up until this point, she's never come out like that. So I'm not going to necessarily say it was the Memorial Day weekend margaritas. I, I, I think <laughs> th- there, wasn't, there wasn't any spelling errors in there. Shots. Right. That's quite a, a black-pilled stance to take. I mean, yeah, it's unprecedented, and we don't really know exactly what's going to happen, but – to say that even if essentially what she's saying is even if we find out that there was fraud, there's, there's nothing, nothing we can, we can do, do about yeah. it. And I disagree completely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and, and one of the comments I wrote on there, which was, you know, guided friendly. Well, it was towards the commentary that she was spitting out was, you know, that's why we have a Congress. That's why the Constitution could be amended. That's why there is a Supreme Court of the United States. Those are just three of the factors that go into the fact that, like Sidney Powell said, this has never happened before. Yeah, how do and you if, know what can't or can't happen? Right. If you prove it and the proof shows that the stuff that was certified eventually was illegitimate, th- then 
worst case scenario, they like tell him he's restricted of all presidential powers other than literally occupying the office, and then we're going to have another election in 2024. That's the worst that could happen. I think the best that could happen was is that the Supreme Court will rule. No more chocolate chocolate chip. No more chalky chocolate chip. Listen no here. more little girls and barrettes with their legs crossed. Hey, listen here, Jack. I'm so creepy. He's so creepy. <laughs> creepy Joe. For the record, and I haven't pointed it out yet, the Biden that was... You code four over there? Presented over the course <laughs> of the weekend was the grouchy one from the debates, and that's why he was so fiery at the... Uh, lectern when he was giving his speeches it was the one with the squinty kind of black eyes they have half uh, his face painted blue no oh that was braveheart Just well they're gonna have to figure out what they're doing because dc gets pretty hot in the summer and you're not going to be able to bring out all these deep fakes and mask wearing bidens because that shit's going to melt off mm. so they're well, either going to third wave of covid or fifth or whatever wave we're on they'll just say that oh everybody's got to stay inside yeah and then we'll just go back to like what green screens and uh it's a new variant yeah Get vaxxed. Well, and speaking of new variants, I think I saw something today that apparently China just announced, oh, we found a a first human case of a new form of bird flu. So here we go on that train. Yeah, they sure did. So I literally was only thinking like, here we go. Like 100 percent. It's just ready for the next lockdown. We have to learn from our mistakes. Great. Great. Yeah, we do have a couple other items in Stop the Steal. Um, it, it was, we heard today, uh, for the first time that a delegation from Pennsylvania, um, has come out to Arizona and this is reported by Christina Bob of, I believe she's one America. And this is through the gateway pungnant to get an on the scene tour of the Wednesday audit facility. So some of the team yeah. that's that's requested and is going to be going through the process of doing that forensic audit in Pennsylvania is now touring. And I'm reading from the article. It says, Pennsylvania sent a delegation out here. They've expressed interest in Arizona audit and replicating this in Pennsylvania. So now there's a delegate of state legislators from Pennsylvania. These are elected officials. This isn't just random people. Um, that arrived in Arizona today, and they are getting a behind-the-scene tour tomorrow. And then she went on to say she hopes to catch up with them and grab some uh, commentary before they leave. So I, I think that that's pretty interesting, knowing that in Pennsylvania they're already kind of asking and, and going through the process through the Secretary of State to go and, and get that taken care of. Um, over the weekend also in Georgia, we know Judge Morrow has asked for the start of the forensic audit there uh, based off some of the absentee ballots, including the uh, audit of the military ballots the absentee ballots that they had a couple weeks ago where they ran 950 ballots through the machine and all 950 were for Biden. Don't believe it? 100%. Wait, was one of them mine? Oh, no, just kidding. Hopefully not in Georgia. (laughs) Um, But President Trump released a statement this weekend after the Georgia ballot alarm incident. There is a place where all the absentee ballots are stored, and it was not only broken into with an alarm tripped, but afterwards it was left wide open. Yeah. And then was it set on fire and then a tornado followed shortly after? Almost. Velociraptors. It was a flood, actually. It was a a flood that came through. Now, remember, when I'm (laughs) reading from those press releases from the office of the former president of the United States, (laughs) try to channel him because I will point out some of the grammatical inclusions that he puts into these things. This is what he had to say about the Georgia ballot hanger incident to cigar holder. 
Great work is being done in Georgia revealing the election fraud of the 2020 presidential election. But we must not allow, all caps, anyone to compromise these ballots by leaving the building unsecured, which was done late Friday night. All boldface. Republicans and patriots must protect the site and the absentee ballots. The left talks about election security, but they do not practice what they preach. They are afraid of what might be found. Fulton County leadership, do the right thing and protect these ballots. Our country is at stake. Pretty good announcement. The only thing I thought was missing, it's usually like a sentence, and then at the end of the sentence, there's the parentheses. Yeah, and some snide comment. <laughs> so everybody knows that the election was rigged, parentheses, big fraud. <laughs> I was missing one of those. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's or crime of the century, yeah. one of those things. But, you know, we got, we got through it. So is leaving the door open, is that like a potential window for them to be like, well, it was unsecured. Who knows what happened to him while it was open? Well, uh, luckily the whole thing was filmed. And it doesn't look like anything was disturbed. Wait, so they saw somebody open the door? Yeah. It's probably the same person that left the bombs at both the Republican and Democratic campaign offices on January 6th. Insurrection. Boring. Yeah. Direction. Russia, Russia. Yeah, the January 6th direction. Russia weighed in today. Oh, good. And said that they are now monitoring how the U.S. is treating some of the people they've detained in regards to the January 6th, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And they said that slumber party because of the U.S. has not released any information on Ashley Babbitt, the 14 hours of videos, you know, that they have that they haven't released and all of the stuff that's getting leaked online where it shows that the Capitol Police worked hand in hand with the protesters saying that the U.S. might be violating human rights it's coming from Russia. <laughs> so kind of like it. Yeah, that's uh, awkward. And also Vladimir Putin is just the epitome of big dick energy and the more that i hear from him the more that i think you know maybe i would like to live in russia <laughs> that when the actual yeah. when, when everything is revealed and all the teams are together i think we're going to be cozily comfy with russia and putin i just do you know them saudi arabia like you don't do the sword dance and at the end of the day not have them on your side yeah so it, it's it's just one of those things where the alliances of the old uh, yesteryears and whether you want to call it like the deep state, the Illuminati, or as Linwood puts it, the Illuminati, uh, you know, the 13 families and stuff, those, those will eventually fall off and we will see alliances that we never would have thought would have been, you know, feasible in this day and age. Um, the dishonest Michigan Secretary of State warned county boards that they have no authority to conduct election audits. Dominion also put out a statement and warned, do not transfer voting machines to uncredited auditors. That's what's going on there right now. So she's under a lot of fire. So unaccredited meaning, like, is there an accredited auditor Listen, voting systems if then? The, if the Republican Congress... accreditation? Right. Regardless of what the Secretary of State is, if the Republican Congress wants to have an audit and they authorize it through the legislative process, then that audit's going to go down whether she wants it to die. So you're going to run into the same thing in, like you have in Arizona where you have... A Republican state Congress and then a, a Democrat uh, Secretary of State, which is, just kind of blows my mind. But uh, that's just the way it is there. Speaking of people that blow my mind, though, um, former House representative and current gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, Vernon Jones, personally delivered an order of my pillow <laughs> to, to Governor Brian Kemp's house over the weekend. Got him. Yeah, and filmed it. 
after Brian Kemp stopped uh, Mike Lindell from entering a conservative event in Tennessee this week. Was it like a truckload of pillows or just like a couple? Well, it just says, and this is from a tweet, it says, Mike Lindell was banned from a Republican Governor's Association dinner in Nashville that he was invited to. So he flew out to Tennessee and was banned at the door. Why? Because he's trying to save the Republic. But, like, they knew that when he was invited, So, well, it goes on to say, fight the swamp, support this patriot. He's fighting for the common man, and he's literally spending every dollar that he has. And then it says, use the code THANK45 at MyPillow.com for up to 66% savings. Yeah. So. It's an interesting Yeah, they said it was Kemp and Deucey. Yeah. They said it was Kemp and Deucey. Like, he was already there. He had an invite. And then at the last minute, they were like... Yeah, there was there was video uh, last come. Yeah, there was video last week of him on his cell phone at the door after they literally told him like they took his invitation and then told him he wasn't allowed in. I think that's just an asshole move just to be assholes. So like yeah, yeah. let's invite him and then we'll turn him around for a photo op. Yeah. It's like middle school. Like yeah. embarrassing, yeah. So it said Rep Vernon Jones slams Governor Brian Kemp for kicking Mike Lindell out of the GOP event, told him he should be ashamed. The next morning delivered pillows to the gates of his house and left him with a card <laughs> from Mike Lindell. So this is literally what's going on behind the fucking scenes right now. Like, this is really happening. And there was a pillow, uh, there was a picture of Vernon Jones standing outside of the gates of the governor's mansion, like arm hugging two different pillows right in front of Brian Kemp's house. Brian Kemp, if you're listening and you don't want those pillows, I'll take them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's what we have on that. I mean, Stop the Steel's kind of picking up everywhere. Yeah. So we got Pennsylvania looking at the audit specifics, Georgia getting ready to start their forensic audit of the absentee ballots. We got some stuff going on in Michigan right now. And, uh, of course, Arizona, uh, which is huge. We know some things are also going on in Wisconsin. There wasn't a lot of news of it this weekend. I think they kind of took a little break due to the uh, to the long weekend. But we'll have to see, you know, let's see what happens there. I think it's got to be a, a slow process or the minds will melt. I mean, we saw what happened in 2016 when Trump got in. It'll be a thousand times worse than that and the the riots put together. Yeah, I just think a thorough and legitimate process where everything is, number one, filmed, number two, recorded. And there are some legitimate companies with some backstanding like the Cyber Ninjas. People like to make fun of them, but they've been around for a long time. You know, you just kind of have to... Uh, you know, accept the work that they're doing and see what the results are at the end. Um, so we're going to come up on a pretty big segment. But before we do, I've asked the ladies to bring something that we haven't done in a couple weeks. But we need to kind of circle back to. Nick's not here to make fun of him. But let's see where this goes. So, Ash, do you have your top mm-hmm. five, top one movies of all time? I do, and I think I'm going to disappoint you guys. Well, here, here's the thing. So, here's the thing. As, as long as National Treasure is in your top five, you're good to go, regardless of how terrible I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Well, Even now you're better. Yeah. I literally told you I was going to disappoint you, so I was like, I could be so cool right now, but I'm going to lose some street cred and be honest. No, uh, just give it to us. I like movies with really happy endings and shit. So my number one all-time favorite movie is Death Proof. Because I am obsessed with Tarantino. I like that movie. Uh, I'd say, I'd say True Romance is my second. Sorry that I'm sticking with Tarantino on both of them. And that one's not done as well, but it's just got that like perfect, happy ending. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. 
You guys are going to, I want to be so much cooler than I really am. Scott Pilgrim saves the world. I could watch over and over. I'm just going to go with movies that I'm going to watch a million times. I don't even know and what that is. And it's a stupid, funny movie. I just like funny. I think the world's really heavy. Yeah. Um, what else? Go ahead. Yeah. Embarrassing again. Anything Jed Apatow. So old school. Wedding Crashers. 40 Year Old Virgin. That's my lane. It's not, no, it's not terrible. Terrible, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's a chick <laughs> flick in there, but some solid movies. I mean, you're not going to discredit Quentin Tarantino and all his complete body of work there. Alice. Well, I feel very, very young because I haven't even heard of a lot of those movies. Okay. <laughs> but I am going to do the same as you, Ashley, and I'm going to be honest, even though I'm probably going to get teased for this, but that's fine. So um, I would say number one. I, I gotta go with High School Musical 3 if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> Top favorite movie of all time? Yeah, you know, wow. it was like my 13th birthday. It came out on that day and I went to go see it. So it just, it has some good memory to it. And uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a classic. I'm yep. aging myself young, but it's fine. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for you, you'd probably consider yourself lucky that you don't know what that is. High School Musical, which one? The third one. It's interesting that the third's the best one. I like that. It is. That's rare. It's the best one. Um, so then number two, um, these kind of are in no particular order, but The Case for Christ, I saw that recently, sure. and it was really, really good based on a true story. Um, Legally Blonde, another classic. Girl Power, you know. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Have you seen um, The Office? Oh, I love The Office. Do I get to tease you for the Legally Blonde moment? <laughs> We're absolutely. on a desert island for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You can tease me, but I'm, I'm sticking by it. <laughs> um, it. And then number four would be Molly's Game, which is also based on a true story about the, the poker princess that nice. ran all those um, like poker games with uh, Macaulay Culkin and right. that kind of thing. I think it was him. Uh, and then number five would be a movie that for some reason they've tried to wipe from existence, but it's called See You in Valhalla. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I got to look that up, I guess. And it's a cinematic masterpiece. Would you consider it? Um, it's kind of about a, a fucked up family. So, you know, I kind of related to that. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, yeah, maybe what? I've seen that. That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Here's the thing I want to know. Alice, do you have a have you ever seen a Nicolas Cage movie? Yes, I've seen a Nicolas Cage movie. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, I, I don't know them that well. Can you give us a description of a Nicolas Cage movie that you have seen? I can give you a description of what Nicolas Cage looks like. Even better. <laughs> Ashley, same. Oh shit, now am I going to be held to that? No, same question. Uh, I would say face off. Okay. I just, I'm also, I, I'm not a huge, I don't hate me. I'm not a huge Nicolas Cage fan, but I will say that not many if you look up on YouTube, the, have you seen the uh, Nicolas Cage compilation of him freaking out and losing his shit? Absolutely. I could watch that over and over and over. That's timeless. So here's the thing. We'll give you guys a little bit of backstory because it's, it's, a, it's like maybe like what, six months ago that would happen. Yeah. So we decided to ask one of our guests who we won't mention. <laughs> Current host of Humping in the Matrix. Oh, Lord. What her top five, top one movies were. Right. 
And our other host, who's not here right now, but we love to make fun of and, and play with a little bit, Nick, said that he he made a gaffe and compared National Treasure and Goodfellas <laughs> yeah. as one and the same, as far as like the same level. Right. They they were both the best movies of all time, and which I can agree with one because Godfather or uh, Goodfellas is in my top five top one movies and it's tied for number one with two other ones casino and godfather one but when you compare it to national treasure which isn't the worst movie ever made but shouldn't be compared with like one of the greatest movies of all time it just became a funny thing so then we started asking guests week after week after week and then we started to add like what's your favorite nicholas cage movie you know, so don't think that Noah and I are Nicolas Cage enthusiasts. We're just trying to continue the narrative that, number one, National Treasure sucks. Don't lie. <laughs> no, National Treasure sucks. My favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Raising Arizona. That movie came out before either one of you were born, and I saw it in the movie theaters. So, and then, you know. Yeah, I think I've seen that a long time ago. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really good one. It's, it's one of those ones before he got huge. But when you look at it, John Goodman's in it, and uh, Sally Fields is in it, and it's just, it's just a really good, funny movie. It's like '80s pure slapstick, dick and fart jokes that used to make movies funny instead of now, where it's literally all dick and fart jokes, and they're not really funny. So, segueing away from that, <laughs> much to Nick's <laughs> digression, um, there was a Q drop this weekend, maybe. I don't know what you guys feel about that. First, I heard about it. I, I don't know that I saw it. Well, I've got it. It was only up for like an hour and a half, right? Yeah. So for the first time since December, um, something from the official account on the Chan board released a statement. And I'm going to read it now. It's 49.54 on May 28th, 2021. At 3.24 p.m. in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. Where there would usually be a Q, we have a B. Take it for what it is. And then it says, fact versus fiction. We will not tell you which is which. The choice is yours. Who gave you the playbooks? Who helps you answer the questions? End of post. It was up for about an hour and 45 minutes before it was removed. Um, some people weighed in over the weekend, including one of our favorite feet sniffers, Ron Watkins. <laughs> and he talked about it uh, as such. I'm not involved with the eight coon administration, and there are a lot of people asking me to weigh in on, I'm air quoting now, B, which was in place of the Q on the drop. Like Bannon. Right. Bannon. <laughs> All right, let's just take a quick poll before I keep reading. We're going to go around the table me and Noah know what our answers are. I'm going to ask you ladies straight up. Is Bannon Q me? No. Noah? Nope. Ashley? Oh, no. Alice? I honestly have not. I never really followed Q, to Perfect. be perfectly honest with you, so uh, I don't really have an opinion. I'm going to but... take that as a no. We're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah, Continuing now. <laughs> the way the projections comes, board is set up, the only... Only the board owner is able to post on it. Logging on as a board owner requires a username and password. The person who posted as B has logged into the board with the correct board and credentials. And then Ron went on to elaborate. I see a few possibilities about what happened. Number one, the board could have been claimed and given to someone new. 
This can be checked by logging into the admin account and checking the board claims log. I don't have access to that at the moment, so I can't check that ID. Two, someone guessed the board owner username and password, then logged in and posted as B. Three, the original queue gave username and password credentials to someone else to post on the board with. And four, it's actually queue posting. He went on to add some commentary briefly. If I had to guess, I would guess it's either number three or number four, but I'm not in a position technically to verify that now. Um, the queue alerts telegraph also had a post. And it said, the post made on 529-2021 to Q's private board, uh, project.coms, appears to have been made by either a board volunteer or someone other than with an 8Q admin level access. Unless Q verifies with their, air quoting, trip code, we at qalerts.app are considering that the post is bogus. It has been deleted from our site. We will only now allow... Or our site will only now consider a post to be Q's private read-only board valid if they use their trip code. I have no idea what that means. Noah, you're more of a computer guy with the trip code? No, it's just why wouldn't he use the trip code in the first place? Well, there was like a trip code, um, you know, when it's compromise halfway through the Q movement, and he said, like, you know, new trip code coming, blah, 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 and then there was a new trip code, but... Here's the thing. Who does number two work for? Exactly. I don't necessarily <laughs> go with the Q alerts post because even though they removed it, someone had access. I don't know how high level of a hacking you would have to go to get the username and password. But getting back to Ron's three and four, the original Q gave the username and password to someone else and they posted as B or it's actually Q posting. I kind of lean towards those. There's no reason for that shit to be inactive for, like, six months. And then come back. Right. All of a sudden, when the ball starts to get rolling. Ladies, why don't you weigh in and tell us what either one of you think? Any opinion is, like, I've already heard, was it Alice who said she really hasn't followed the movement that much? That's completely fine. But whatever you want to weigh in on, just give us some commentary on it. Well, I think it's interesting that they used the letter B instead. That just seems a a little odd to me. Um, the silence is definitely odd. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really, I haven't followed it, so I don't know kind of the patterns and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting looking into the posts and kind of speculating about what they could mean Mm -hmm. as opposed to taking them super literally and following them to the end of the earth. Yeah. Ashley, what do you think? Yeah. So my initial response was uh, everyone focusing on whether it's Q or not and not so much the message. And, you know, it's all up for interpretation, obviously, but without reading too much into it, it just felt like a trust yourself, trust your intuition. And I like to look at things like from Q or whoever as is this going to affect me and my part in this whole experience in a negative or positive way and take with it what I will. So for me, I don't think it matters whether it's from Q or not. I personally am inclined to feel that it is. And then I listened to a Tori says episode this morning where she discussed this on Twitch and she brought up a post uh, 1003 that said sec test Q and then one zero zero four said sec like I think it's security test sec right. test Bravo B activate D priv Q 
And her concept was that that bee standing alone was kind of the introduction to this bee person. And this was in 2018. So I am of the belief system that the board was compromised somewhat after a couple of years. So I think that this person was someone who's been there in the last two years, but that's just me. Yeah, Reverse Mockingbird, <clears throat> who's been a guest on this show and is, is now kind of doing the circuit. I believe he appeared on We The People radio podcast over the weekend. He's also been on Lala Beams, weighed in. And I kind of just asked him straight up, and I was like, bro, the B drop, tell me what's up with it. And he's kind of in the know. He, he's he's pretty good with the comms, uh, you know, and all that other stuff that's going on when the drops happen. Between him and uh, uh, Wits Up 17, those those two are kind of like – fine-tuned with Scavino when the drops are and the comms are coming out on Twitter and whatnot. But he said, and I'm reading now, in a nutshell, I think B is just number two in charge. It's not a coincidence that drops are happening again as we're damn near woken up the entire country and Trump rallies are going to be starting up again now. Uh, All while the Arizona audit is more than halfway complete. I think we'll see more drops again soon, but I'm only going off my intuition. Um, I, I also spoke briefly with uh, James from Read the People Radio, who talked about it with, uh, you know, Ver- Reverse Mockingbird as well. And there was uh, a prior post from not too long ago that he referenced. And it was the mirror was from July 19, 2020. And it had a link to a Fox News article that said Meadows preview previews school reopening plans, Durham probe results. I expect indictments. Q. And that's from 4594, which would be the mirror of um, 4459. So, you know, you kind of take it for what it is. And then it gave me like he gave me one of those pictures that kind of gives me anxiety. It's like one, two, three, four, five boxes. (laughs) It's got things circled in red, things circled in green, things circled in yellow, and then arrows going to everything. So that's when I start to hyperventilate a little bit. Uh, but I'm getting better at them. So, and you know, I've been kind of doing the research myself. But it's just one of those things where you kind of have to take it for what it is. All that we know at the end of the day is the official account was activated over the weekend. So hit the energized eyes. And yeah, for at least an hour and 45 minutes, we had some comms, which were then taken away. But I kind of feel reinvigorated by at least getting something. So, oh, yeah, it felt damn good. My dad, tech, I was in the middle of a podcast. My dad texted me, it was like, Q drop, and my mom, Q drop. <laughs> like, oh, I, I kind of like that. And That's I was awesome. literally like, so. Oh my god, <laughs> and, and you, it felt amazing. You know, they're really starting. We've already talked about how the mainstream media is now saying the name Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn, and now Steve Bannon again, who again is not Q. Uh, they did a seven-minute hit piece over the weekend about how his show, The War Room Pandemic, has had massive success. I think they've eclipsed 100 million downloads since its inception um, sometime in early or late 2019 and has really picked up steam by having some of the guests on that we often play on the show. We even sometimes reference uh, Steve, the former Breitbart executive, when he has something that's kind of credible to say. Um, NBC reported that Steve Bannon has a new MAGA megaphone. The Republicans are eager to shine in a party still tethered to former President Donald Trump, and they know it. 
Uh, it goes on to say, Bannon, the former Breitbart News executive and one of the architects of Trump Make America Great Again campaign and movement, has increasingly leveraged his War Room Pandemic podcast into a kind of a proxy primary. Ambitious Republicans are flocking there for a chance to demonstrate loyalty to Bannon's former boss and to pitch themselves in uh, to Trump voters more indirectly to Trump himself. And they're now referencing the fact that where they used to only have on the Rudys, the Flynn's, the Colonel Waldron's, the Sidney Powell's, now Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, uh, Boebert, Christy Nome, like the the or Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're actually starting to go on his show on a more consistent basis, and it's kind of bleeding. What what the fringe people, the truthers who have been saying for the last six months, now that it actually seems like some of this, at least in some context, is going to come to fruition, is now starting to kind of bleed into that mainstream DC politics to where, like, listen, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Something is definitely going to happen. We're going to get to the bottom of at least some of this shit. And if you don't hit your wagon to it now, you're going to be kind of left in the dust. Because everybody knows the way Donald Trump operates. It's one thing and one thing only, period, loyalty. You show him loyalty... Donald Trump goes to bat for you. If you don't show him loyalty, he will make your life fucking miserable because you will become a joke with a nickname or something funny or <laughs> crappy that you've done for the rest of your entire life. And uh, it, it's just one of those things that that have always been on. NBC went on, like I said, in over a seven-minute uh, portion, uh, but Steve Bannon actually issued a press statement as a reply. And... Um, his reply to the NBC hit piece was, the success of the show is all about the audience. MAGA Nation wants action, and they can be part of it and drive. I guess he's referencing listening to his podcast while you're driving. He says, we don't repost stories. We build narratives over days, weeks, and months. Working with the Gateway Pundit, the National Pulse, the Revolver, and many other news organizations in which we are able to amplify the great work being done for an engaged America First audience. Uh, full forensic audits of 2020, the Wuhan lab uh, responsibility, rejecting mass mandates, forced vaccines in schools, invasions on the southern border, the collapse of the dollar uh, are because of Joe Biden's insane economic plan are just a few of the major events we cover daily. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where he left it at. So it was a hit piece and he just kind of responded with like a commercial for his show. So it's one of those things piggybacking off the Q drop. I just thought it was kind of funny that we saw a lot of the big players out there. We saw Sidney Powell. We saw Michael Flynn. Uh, Mike Lindell went out and, uh, you know, did uh, right side broadcasting this weekend. I had the audio saved, but guess what? The account I had it saved from got nuked, so it's gone. Got him. <laughs> right? But, but you know, I, I did have a couple. Of, I always have some backups. It was like that one week where I had, like, uh, 10 audio clips saved, and they were all from Wonder Woman, and her account got nuked while I was, like, driving over here. And then I opened up all my my saved posts. And you got to start like, screen grabbing or something. Yeah, but I can't screen grab yeah. audio. Yeah, you can. Can you? Yeah. Just yeah, not, you can. Well, that's why you operate the soundboard and I don't. Yep. But that's kind of where we're at with that. So well, I think it's it's kind of ironic for the mainstream media to call um, him the, the mouthpiece for MAGA when they're just the mouthpiece for Democrats. True it's story. like the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. I mean, what would you call CNN? What would you call MSNBC? What would you call over the course of the last couple months, every single week we've had on Don The mouthpiece for garbage people. Right. Don Lamont, Anderson Cooper. (laughs) We've had Randy Maddow. We've had just about all the big names in in nighttime news melting down about either these audits or our friends from Q Team 6. And it's just one of those things where you kind of have to just take a step back and be like, it's finally happening and we just need to start accepting it and loving it. (laughs) 
but they're obsessed with us. They they just love us so much. They can't stop talking about us. I I've talked to a couple of liberals lately. I had one on my podcast last night, which okay. was a blast. Um, I, can't stop talking about Trump and no, all they, the crazy MAGA people. And I'm like, aren't you happy? You got you got everything you wanted. You know, like why are you so upset that we're just happy? Yeah. I was like. We're just having boat parades and stuff. Yeah, exactly, which was yeah. amazing over the course. Of, he definitely won the boat parade circuits, circuit this weekend, Donald <laughs> Trump did, because the entire state of Florida, off the coast of California and everywhere in between, including the Gulf Coast, had major boat parades for Trump this weekend. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. If you want to go back to just Arizona in general. If anybody wants to donate a boat to the Steak for Breakfast podcast, we'd gladly We'd accept. like to be part of that yeah because we got two flags <laughs> well actually three flags right there that would look fantastic hanging off the back of it right go back to arizona before we move on right what is the one thing <clears throat> that you can reference the day before the election there was a 90 plus mile car parade of trump supporters in maricopa county well biden had like eight jeeps in a parking lot yeah exactly Ninety-five. It's okay miles. that they were empty, right? And they had dealer plates on, exactly. but whatever. They were all brand new in the same like. It was, a de- it was actually just a dealer's lot, and he just wandered in. That's probably where it was. But going into the election, ninety-five miles of Trump supporters in cars the day before the election, the week of the election, and you're going to tell me he lost Maricopa no. County zero percent chance. Mm-hmm. Out of all the things that are going it's on insane. right now, right? The shit- and even if those are people from other states, like there's just no way. The shit that went on in Georgia. Everything we know that went out in Pennsylvania, Michigan was shady as hell. They had a full-on state legislative, you know, where they had that one girl on who said, like, well, I signed a disclosure where if I lie, I go to jail. What did you sign? You know, they had all that, uh, Melissa Carone, all this stuff go on. We know shit went out in Wisconsin. We saw videos of stuff that happened in other states. Yeah. If there's one state that I can tell you 100%, and if it only changed the electoral votes from what it is now to whatever it would be if Arizona flipped... I would tell you 100% in Arizona, there's no fucking way. Yeah, there's no way. And my, my second one would be Georgia. So yeah. regardless of what Stacey Abrams did, there's no way Georgia flipped. Mm-hmm. Zero. And there's no way that Georgia's ever going to be blue. To tell me that you got, it's just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. So Well, I, I used to live in Georgia for uh-huh. like about eight months. So, and so did if we. You've, yeah, if you've met anyone from Georgia, you you know that it's not possible to flip that state blue apart from Atlanta, which is a cesspool. But you know that those people are not voting for Joe Biden. No, 100 percent. What is he doing for any of those I was people? Told, I was told last night I was educated by a liberal and I'm so much smarter now. And I was told that um, the Republican Party hates Donald Trump so much that that's why the down ballots happen. So 80 million people. uh I don't know. He couldn't explain that one, but yeah, he just, he really does, does believe that we actually hate Donald Trump as a majority of the party. And I'm like thinking 80 million votes. And then you're saying that the rest of the people voted for Biden. So where's all the Republicans that hate Trump? I don't know. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to that episode and just, you know, be educated because we're so, we're so stupid on this side. It's, it's about time we finally have a, a smart liberal to educate us. Well, I want to give you a spoiler alert. Uh, we all believe in unicorns, okay. and we are conspiracy theorists in a cult. But I'm sure you knew that. <laughs> We're a cult. Did this interview end with him hanging up abruptly, or? No, it ended. He's in my family. He's like oh. uh, marrying my cousin, so oh. 
Yeah. We kept it legit. Actually, he was like, I don't want to offend you. And I was like, it's fine. We could talk about whatever. He got pretty loud and worked up and I giggled a lot they and it was do. fine. But yeah, I was not offended. I like it. Well, it's good times, right? It's, it's time to shake off them boomer sweats from all that politics and mm. get into one of our favorite punching bags, Mr. Fauci, Uncle Fauci. So who do we have lined him up so far? Ted Cruz has lit him up. The reservoirs. <laughs> Jim Jordan has lit him up. Yep. Rand Paul absolutely fucking destroyed him. Fuck. Hence the creation of my Rand Paul energized eyes memes caption. I'm going to ask you one more time, Anthony. Where did the fucking virus come from? <laughs> um, and if he actually would say that, we'd be down with it. I, totally. What if he referenced your meme directly? I should tweet it to him. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson lined up boxing gloves on this weekend and has called on the White House advisor, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, to explain why his statement over the last year on the origin of the CCP virus appear to have shifted. Uh, in a May 27 letter, Johnson wrote that Fauci's level of confidence in the theory of the virus made a natural jump from humans appears to have dropped and has called on the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the NIAID, to explain the rationale for this shift by June 10th. Uh, or he threatens a subcommittee, which we all know. That, well, those are my favorite to watch when he's encircled by a bunch of people who want to know the answers and they just shit on him until he like contradicts himself into oblivion. Um, and I'm quoting now, the amb- ambigu- say it. Ambig- ambiguity There you go. of your recent statements about the virus's origins raise a question regarding your <clears throat> assertions from a year ago when you confidently stated that the virus would not have been manipulated and that it occurred naturally. He's talking about the wet market references. Um, in a letter uh, referring to an alternative theory that the virus had leaked from a lab in Wuhan that was released by the office of Fauci. Um, this also includes some of the statements he made on the cable news circuit ne- last week, which included MSNBC and CNN. Um, we all know that in 2020, Fauci largely, largely dismissed the lab leak theory by telling National Geographic's, amongst others... If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, the scientific evidence is very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. I thought oh, it was shit. Funny. Well, last week, Ted <laughs> well, Cruz... Of course, that's what you would say if your office is the one responsible for it. Well, here's the thing. Ted Cruz was in or a subcommittee, subcommittee meeting last week, I believe on Thursday or Friday, and he was pointing out a study that's been done over the last however long this shit's been going on. Too long saying that the scientists and labs in the United States have imported bats from China, from the region, have taken the virus that is literally out there that was created in a lab. There is an 87% rejection rate when they try to have the proteins in the virus go and mix with whatever's inside the bat. Almost a 90%. So they're trying to say, like, where the bat or where the virus came from the virus will not attach itself to that bat at almost a 90% rejection rate. It's fucking brilliant. Like well, it would have taken like a thousand years for it to jump from the bat to the exactly. human, but you know, it just yeah, the, casually happened. Go ahead. And one day. Yeah. The steps of evolution just don't say like, no, well, I, I watched just, something where they were trying to explain how it happened. And they were saying that it was like all these different cages from different animals were stacked on top of each other. And it made like a freaking. They've also had, like, not myth busters, but narrative busters go into those markets. Those markets are just as dirty and disgusting as they were in 2019 as they are today. 
There's you well, think, nothing changes. Nothing changes. And, and the, well, the only thing that changes is we talked about it in the beginning. They're having some Category Five tornadoes in Wuhan right now, and they're kind of like scrubbing all the evidence that would have ever been proven from getting in there by having floods of like biblical proportions. Sounds like a weather weapon. Yeah, we talked about it. Um, kind of mad props to them. Like that is awful, and I hope everyone there is safe. It's horrible, but like it's kind of a baller, sweet move. Like uh, bring in the tornadoes. I'm not gonna lie. Like if we're in the apocalypse, might as well appreciate. So respect. Yeah. I want to know what all the buttons say. Like they're at the tornado button now. Like I want to know what like the number one button. Oh is. God. You know. Do you think it's a button or do you think it's a dial? Ooh. A big lever. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Like so do the. I'm going to reference cinematic conditioning um, and all the things like that because I feel like movies condition us for things that are already real. For the record, in all the Marvel movies, it's a dial. Hmm. Yeah. Um, huh. I, there was one... Uh, lever pe- sounds cooler. That's all I got to say. Right. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> like it sparks. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with the... Good old Dr. Fauci this week. Um, Did you hear he got a book deal? Yeah, isn't like a... Isn't you don't any, say. Imagine that. 80-page 80, 80 book for $18 uh, coming out about, I believe, the truth, ironically. He's following in Cuomo's footsteps. <laughs> yeah. So that guy is... What a, was his book called? Nipples? Party, <laughs> party Tits 2020. Party tits, love it. It's a, it was actually how I killed grandma. A tale of two sausages. Huh. Hey, that's, that's only funny unless you're talking to Janice Dean. Mm. So, um, you, you know who else is pretty based? Uh, Senator John Kennedy. Yeah. So he he talked last week um, in one of those subcommittee meetings, and I believe it was the one where, uh, whatchamacallit, Fauci was testifying and Ted Cruz was giving the stats about, uh, you know, the uh, the bats not being able to accept the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, he, he had some funny commentary. I, I, I'd like to play a little bit of it. And uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, I believe say. you have testified that. Uh, that uh, you didn't give any money to the Wuhan lab to conduct gain-of-function research. Is that right? Mm. That is correct. How do you know they didn't lie to you? Excuse me, sir? How do you know they didn't lie to you He's like, and use the money for gain-of-function research anyway? Well, we've seen the results of the experiments that were done the and receipts. that were published and that the viruses that they um, uh, studied are on public databases now. So none of that was gain of function. So how do you know they didn't do the research and uh, not put it on their website? There's no way of guaranteeing that. But in our experience with grantees, including Chinese grantees, which we've had interactions with for a very long period of time, they're very competent, trustworthy scientists. I'm not talking about anything else in China. I'm talking about the scientists that you would expect that they would abide by the conditions of the grant, which they've done for the years that we've had interactions. So you don't think the Chinese would lie to you? Well, when you say the Chinese, the Chinese are a rather broad group. I know the scientists that we've dealt with have been trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You think all the scientists uh, have told the truth 
in terms of the origin of the Wuhan virus and not been influenced by the Communist Party of China, do you? I don't have enough insight into the Communist Party in China to know the interactions between them and the scientists, sir. He would go on to say, and this is what he was kind of rope-a-doping him into, and he'd be like, Dr. Fauci, be honest with me. If I took the CCP and turned it upside down <laughs> and shook them. That's the best part. That's the best part. <laughs> the World Health Organization would fall out of their pockets. And Dr. Fauci literally stared at him for like 10 seconds and he's like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can answer that question. I don't think I can answer that question. <laughs> so, it's very like a Gen Saki move. Yeah. I listen to him talk. But, but like, you, uh, excuse uh, me, I'm sir? sorry, I'm having excuse a hard time me? hearing you. Um, what? And, and you don't see the body language. Like when that conversation that we just heard started, Senator Kennedy was sitting upright in his chair. And, and over the course, like it, slouching, no, leaning over, he gets to where he's got his legs crossed and his knees like over the <laughs> counter. And then by the end, he's getting so pissed. He's like asking him the questions and he's like, well, you don't think the Chinese lied to you? And he's just sitting there like scratching his face like I'm going to fucking light this asshole up right now. And that's kind of where <laughs> it went. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where <laughs> Anthony Fauci will sit in every subcommittee meeting for the eternity of time because there's one thing he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to get placed under oath and testify under Congress. Because as soon as he starts lying, he already knows we have all the receipts. And he's completely fucked. And he's at the end of his career. I would say if he can last bouncing from subcommittee meeting to subcommittee meeting for the rest of the fiscal year, he'll be out in August and he'll retire. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to be 82 years old this year. And he's the longest tenured and highest paid federal employee Ever. Oh, I was thinking after all this, he was just going to disappear completely, but they keep roping him in. Yeah, and, and, they, and, they and he probably the would if he'd let him. Yeah. Um, U.S. embassies. Didn't he just sell his house? Well, he. how many houses does he own? Yeah. Well, sure. He's really being lined up to be the fall guy, so that's probably why he's going so hard. Yeah. He knows that his <laughs> reputation and assets. potentially his life are on the line. Yeah. Also leading into the weekend, and not related to Anthony Fauci, uh, U.S. embassies and consulates worldwide displayed the flag of Black Lives Matter, an organization founded by a self-avowed trained Marxist. Um, on last week, to mark the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd. The um, patron saint of meth. Exactly. Who died last May in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, in a direct response to that, we had um, a House representative, Nicole... Maliotakis introduced a bill prohibiting BLM flags from flying over the U.S. embassies. Um, she's pretty based. Why she's would a, they need to fly over U.S. embassies? Well, here's the thing. They had a lot of pictures of them being flown. On the, where at the fucking ready do these embassies get Black Lives Matter flags to fly over? Amazon, same-day delivery? In fucking the middle of nowhere? Like, you know what I'm saying? Those trucks go everywhere. That's true. But Who's Nicole, making these flags? Who's getting paid for this? It's well, got to be someone important. Well, the, someone, the people that are are buying houses and then retiring from the organization, I'll tell you that much. But uh, Representative Maliotegas has introduced a bill barring the United States embassies from flying flags with political messages such as those represented by BLM. Um, she, Can we do pride flags next? Well, welcome to June 1st. They're already up. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently everything's gay now. Um, but yeah, she, she released this bill and said she introduced the bill. It's called the Stars and Stripe Acts of 2021 legislation that would reverse 
uh, Senator Blinken's direct uh, directive allowing political and non-government flags to fly above embassies and under the American flag. Our flag is a beacon of freedom and hope and should be the only flag flown above the embassies overseas. I just thought that was a just non, non-question. Like the American flag, state flag, you know, those are the only things that are flying in front of government buildings. Well, yeah. It doesn't really get any better because there's a new report out now that Joe Biden's DHS secretary may bring deported illegal aliens back to the United States. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security uh, may consider a plan to bring back deported illegal aliens to the United States, presumably paid for by the American taxpayers. Wait, bring them back? The Open Borders Lobby shared a plan with the Biden administration <laughs> to bring back uh, illegal aliens deported by former President Donald Trump's administration back to the U.S. Like all of them? According to the Associated Press... Um, over the course of the tenure of his four-year presidency, 935,000 illegal aliens were deported by the Trump administration, so essentially a million. The plan, which uh, the plan opens border, the plan, open border activists and the corporate National Immigrant Justice Center suggest could be done through executive order by Biden and create an office inside of DHS that allows previously deported illegal aliens to submit requests to turn to the United States. The AP reports, and I'm going to go on; it gets worse. The plan asks for the government to take into account factors like the people who were eligible for legal status and had applied before being deported or those who have compelling circumstances. The proposal has been shared by uh, shared with the White House staff, the group said. It plans to invite Homeland Secretary of DHS Alejandro Mayorkas. Garbage. Right, former criminal who worked for CIS and had paper plate visas who worked directly with Governor Murphy of New Jersey, Hillary Clinton and her brother, amongst others, uh, some of the Saudi royal family, uh, to discuss the proposal and include a letter that was signed by 75 immigrants' right organizations supporting the plan. A White House spokesperson referred to questions about the proposal's Department of Homeland Security, but did not make immediate comment to respond. So that's that's kind of something that uh, flew under the radar this weekend, but I was able to snatch up. So they'd have to at least apply to come back. We're not just going to go try to find them. Well, here's the thing. Remember what we talked about on last week's show? Uh, CIS, under the direction of Homeland Security Director Mayorkas, is being asked to remove any of the criminal history activity questions from the application for legal permanent resident status in the United States. So if you essentially take that away, now does it make whatever you were deported for null and void? Because... Maybe they're just going to say Donald Trump didn't like them or they were an overstay or who knows what. Does it matter if they're taking out the criminal history questions? So that's kind of where we're at. It, they're, they're trying to pack the states with voters, just like all of these people. So, you know, if you're a cartel sicario, you can just be like, nope, I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. I love the United States and yeah. killing people. Wait, what did you say? Did you say killing I people? Like, no, I said I love the United States. I have a crazy idea. Sorry. <laughs> I have a crazy idea for – so obviously this isn't working out in our favor, and but I – I think it would be amazing if we started a campaign to get our new residents to vote for Trump and tell them why it's better to keep America, America, not Mexico. And what if we hit it from that angle and it fucking backfired? You know, we we talked about it um, in extent on several other shows. It all depends on where they're from and what they get. Like, you have to look at some of the demographics that come in. Coming to the United States right now, and based off of some of the statistics given out by DHS, the Mexicans are at one of the lowest numbers of people claiming asylum right now. They're in, like, the bottom echelon, even though our countries touch. And the thing is, when they come in, the the Mexicans, and they do it the right way, there's so much pride and their strong family values, and they cherish, like, education. They like safe communities. They're not moving from a place where the cartel is literally telling them, 
our land is your land now. Leave or your whole family's murdered. Uh, to come to the United States and live in a place where all they do is get free shit and hate their government because it would kind of be like the same thing. And then they would wind up having crime riddled neighborhoods. And it, would, it would look just like Mexico, but now you have a green card or, you know, you're a U.S. citizen and you just live in a different country. They, they for the most part, are conservative. It's all of the people coming in from the other places that are even easily manipulated. You have people coming in yeah. from, like, North Africa. You have people coming in from, like, the Middle East. You have people coming in from uh, deep in South and Central America that just have no idea what any kind of structure well, is. Well, uneducated people who can be convinced of whatever somebody's going to tell them. They're just like, oh, yeah, if you don't vote for candidate such and such, then you're going to get deported. Right. Or you're not going to get WIC. You're not going to get yeah. EBT. You're not going to get any of that free stuff. You're not going to get housing assistance and all, all you know. Depending on what country you come from, sometimes you get a 0% interest uh, small business starter up loan if you come from some countries in the Middle East and also Cuba. So, you know, it, it's well, the And I will say I've had a lot of experience with foreign workers. Right. And the Mexicans typically are the ones who are the most respectful, the yes. most thankful for the opportunity, the ones that want to work hard. And, I mean, the worst ones are Jamaicans. They come in and just accost women in the streets and do unspeakable things. But I think if you're doing it the right way and you actually want to work hard, of course we're going to welcome you. But if you're just coming over the border uh, by yourself and illegally, then you've already done something illegal. What's to stop you from continuing to do other illegal things like steal for food or I don't know, take someone's house. Yeah, if if you have if you have no interest in incorporating anything that you consider a value into this country, then are you really going to change? You're just going to say like, "Well, I'm getting picked up and dropping here, but everything that I know or do is going to stay exactly the same, regardless of what I get or don't get." Um, that's a lot of the problems that you know we've had a couple people on this show who live in Europe in the UK, and you know we we had a uh, Ray on about a month ago, and she said <laughs> the town that she grew up in which has been around since Braveheart times, no longer exists because it is now over 90% Pakistani and Indian refugees. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just you're, you're talking like what? Braveheart's 1400s and we're in 2020 and that town no longer exists because it was turned into a refugee camp. I, I mean, that's kind of like the saddest thing ever. And, and both of yeah. my, all four of my grandparents are from Italy uh, no, I'm sure you have family that came from somewhere, Alice and, and Ash, you know, both of you guys yourselves. And, and just imagine if the places that they came from, some of the values that they brought to this country and incorporated, you know, through their family and into the home are now null and void because the places that they came from no longer exist. It's, it's a terrible way to look at stuff. But it's a bummer. Yeah, it's, it's what the WEF and Davos and all those other all-stars down there want to kind of incorporate into the world. You know, we're down a little bit, but I think I can bring it up before we, we were rounding third here. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, he's been making a lot of the uh, podcasting circuits over the course of the last week, but Judge Joe Brown weigh, has weighed in on a couple things. Um, most importantly, he's talked about uh, former African-American vice president, current Asian-American vice president, Camelia Harris, on a podcast <laughs> over the weekend and, and, and mentioned how some of her successes have came to fruition. Noah, would you be interested in hearing that audio? No. We're going to listen to it anyway. <laughs> Imhoff in there. You know who Imhoff is? 
No. Yes, you do. Who? Mrs. Imhoff, Vice President of the United States, who goes by her maiden name. Miss Kamala? Uh, Camilla Harris. <laughs> <laughs> She's got two Jewish children she adopted. She married a Jewish husband who's got a... I'm scared to talk about Kamala Harris. I'm gonna let you have that one. <laughs> uh, she's a witch, and she is a corrupt witch. She she's been corrupt her whole life, and she f***ed her way to the top. Dang, <laughs> got her. So that was the start of it. That was like on Friday. I kind of like Judge Joe Brown now, right? He continued uh, on with some of our favorite families, uh, Barry Sortetto and the Bush crime family on another podcast this weekend and talked about some of the origins of that whole debacle that ruined our country for three decades. Listen to this one. And Obama? Well, there are pictures of Bush with his arm around uh, eight-year-old Barack Obama because his stepdaddy, adopted daddy, Lolo Sotoro, had done a lifetime worth of business with the Bushes. Uh, Wow. Uncle George Herbert Walker, after whom George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush won president, was named, founded Halliburton in 1946 in Oklahoma. And Lolo Sotoro had been international executive vice president for Standard Oil. There, there was talk of him being a CIA asset. Uh, well, yeah. Indonesia. See, he ran the death squads for the Indonesian Army. On mm -hmm. his own call, anyone could be assassinated. So when George, They're talking Herbert about George Walker Senior. Bush became head of the CIA under the Ford administration, he just got with his old buddy in the oil business, Lolo Sotoro, and pulled off the hits. See, uh, Barack's grandmother has been acknowledged as being the woman that operated the channels through which CIA money went to the Southwest Pacific. So she introduced her daughter, who had just had Barry, Barack, to Lolo Sotoro, and they got married, and Lolo Sotoro adopted Barack Obama. The name was changed to Barry Sotoro. Mm -hmm. Now, when he went to high school in Hawaii, I know about that high school. I almost sent my oldest son to it. I could afford it, but I didn't think he observed, deserved it. 20 years ago, the tuition was $95,000 a year, not including room and board. Damn. When Obama went there, I've talked to two of his classmates. They independently state that the tuition, not including room and board, was 45000 Now, Business Insider reports his income for 2017 at over $200 million net. That's after taxes, deductions, write-offs. Mm -hmm. For this last year, 2018, they reported it as... 570 plus million dollars and that's after all deductions tax right trump doesn't make that net i mean even some of the richest people in america don't make that why because when his stepdaddy died he was one of the 10 15 richest men on earth and he left everything in a trust fund operated out of indonesia oh. so the american government can't touch it that makes barack obama one-third beneficiary for the assets of one of the 10, 15 richest men on earth. See, wow. so we got a game run on us. So, you know, that little thing that Bush W. does when he gets with Michelle, they giggle and he gives a candy. 
the inside thing, is that supposed to be the same kind of candy he used to give to her husband when he was six, seven, eight years old? Damn. Judge Joe Brown's kind of based. Hmm. I don't know what she did. Dropping knowledge. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that that, that those two administrations and, and some of the inter intertwining natures of their families are connected. I mean, it's not really that much of a conspiracy theory, and all you have to do is go back to reference that video at the Bush Sr. funeral when everybody got, I'm assuming, not gift cards in those envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> so it made, <laughs> made, made Jeb cry. And totally a Starbucks $5 gift card. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for playing. But I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, people kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit. I think we've become such an entitled society that when the great awakening really exploded, everybody wanted results like, okay, this is awesome. We're all riding this wave. The waves, the waves starting to crest. And now it's just like hit it. And it's like, "Mm, probably gonna take a little bit longer than what? Three years, four years. Uh, you know, overall, well, you know, we covered a lot of stuff today. Yep. Everything from, the president telling a nine-year-old girl that she looks attractive all the way through judge joe brown saying that camille harris fucked her way to the top and we enjoyed every second of it and everything in between um, side, side bitch but i think at the end of the day we just need to keep doing the same things uh unearthing the truths and kind of just being out there working hard on behalf of the great awakening um before we get into our sponsors i want to thank both of our guests alice of the unpopular blonde podcast and ashley of into the river podcast for joining us today for commentary uh ladies ashley why don't you take it first why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your show and anything else that you want to add Yes, thank you for having me on. Honestly, I love you guys. I found out recently from What's Up about you, and I'm so grateful to have this to look forward to every week. Uh, yeah, Into the River podcast is my at on Instagram, AshleyJoe111. And yeah, I'm on all platforms. I would just let everybody know, keep the faith. Uh, this is a long game. We're, we're changing history right now, and this movement is growing. And just take moments to remember to just soak in this battle royale we are in and to remember that you're a part of something really special. Hold on. Uh, there's a lot of like-minded people like you and we are the majority and make America great again. Perfect. Alice, what about you? Yeah. So you can find me. I'm on Apple podcasts, Spotify, um, the it's unpopular blonde. And then I'm also on Instagram at unpopular blonde. And I think Ashley said it really well. Um, just keep the faith and it, it does seem bleak sometimes, but I, my suggestion would be get off your phone for a little while, put the phone away, go live in the real world and remember how beautiful it is to live life on this planet. I like it. Yeah. And, and actually we like both of you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, the Steak for Breakfast podcast can be found on all podcasting platforms. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcast. Subscribe to the show, rate, and review. Uh, five stars only. Just kidding, whatever you want. The lower stars you give and the crappier review you give makes more of a chance that Nick will try to actually find you in real life. So just <laughs> be forewarned. Um, our website is steakforbreakfastpodcast.com. 
And you can follow us on Instagram at Steak for Breakfast Podcast and Steak for Podcast Breakfast, our backup account. Uh, we're on Twitter at DOS23TRES and on Gab at Steak for Breakfast Podcast. Download the show, listen, like, follow, and shares. Um, we'd also like to thank our sponsors, Odyssey. They're at odyssey.com and on Instagram and Facebook. Stay Ready Gear at stayreadygear.com. They're also on Instagram. Man Rubs and manrubs.com. Uh, they're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, West Coast Survival Arms on Facebook and Instagram. And also at 619-870-6992. Hit mic up. Take care of some of those uh, firearms needs. And then our um, other sponsors, Mediocre Medic. Or, uh, they're at mediocremedic.com and on Instagram. And Mark Joe Friday over at dumpbox.us. He's also on Facebook and Instagram. Listen, if you want some of the top tier tactical gear, hit up both of those sites. They got some really nice stuff. Uh, we've got some upcoming shows. Next week, we're going to have Booty from Bootleg Media. She'll be joining us. Um, the following week on June 15th, we'll have Anthony Butler of Where's the Purple Podcast. Uh, here's the first reveal of this guest. On June 22nd, we will have Norbin Laden. She'll be joining us for some commentary. Nice. Yes. And on the 29th of June, Sheep No More will be joining us. Um, show credits nice. for the week. Yeah, Ash- Ashley and Alice of... Into the River and Unpopular Blonde. Thank you very much. Uh, also, Lala Beams of the Lala Beams Podcast, James of We the People Radio, The Reverse Mockingbird, Austin and Jasmine from Russian Disinformation, um, Ms. J, who participated in the Arizona audits. Nice. Wits Up 17, uh, Priscilla, the artist formerly known as Law of One, is now Destroy Fear 22, Rise of the Phoenix. Special shout out and thank you for our Steaks for Breakfast Hulk pepe that shit is epic yeah we love it and tom pappert editor-in-chief of the national file also contributor at Infowars. um friends of the week khalil three axia 5.0 real brenda memes that southern dude what i mean to say anna eve patriot operation neo patriotic babe official the daily breb and wonder woman just kidding baby cakes 2.0 ah! there you go She's always our favorite. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. No, you got anything? Negative. So, all right, we're going to wrap it there. Is uh, Until next week, there's a couple things we all need to do. Um, hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. And where we go when we go all. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. On behalf of myself, Alice, and Ashley, Noah as well, we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. To be honest with you, I, I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> yeah.